Welcome back to Local News Live. Tyler Jones, Ryan Pierce, back here with you now as it is that time of the week where we look at the top sports headlines that are going on. And Ryan, so much to talk about. The month of October is as good as it gets in the sports world. And here we are a couple weeks in, and it's lived up to the hype so far at this point. Yeah, we have all four major sports. The NFL, of course, right in the middle of their season. Baseball's in the playoffs. The NHL just started, and now the NBA kicks off. They had the tip of the first game last night, and now tonight, being Wednesday, October 20th, most of the NBA's teams, nearly all of them, get their season underway. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun, to say the least, of what we're expecting over these next few weeks ahead as we're getting close already to the halfway point of the NFL and college football seasons. Crazy, yeah. And we've seen some great action on the field in both those sports. And with the MLB postseason and the championship series right now, it's that time of year, folks, where you get to watch sports every single night and being entertained by it. Forget your Netflix or HBO shows or anything like that. I need, I get all the drama I need watching all these sporting events each night, Ryan. Yeah, I was trying to tell you about some shows I was watching, and you had no part of it. You just <laughs> want to talk about sports. So, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get going. It's, uh, it is a big sports week, though, and a lot of fun for me. I love the NBA. Some excited professional basketballs back, and I'm really excited for tonight. Man, and as a sad Oklahoma City Thunder fan, mm -hmm. uh, I'm still hyped for this NBA season, but I know it's going to be disappointing for my team. So I'm probably not where you're at with your Chicago Bulls with their young core how fun they should be in this 2021 through 2022 campaign, but it nonetheless will be a great year in the NBA. Let's go ahead and get started with our countdown at number five. Let's go to the National Football League. Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, is out for Thursday night's game against the Denver Broncos. Baker Mayfield has had an up-and-down start to the 2021 season as Currently, right now, he's just thrown for six touchdowns and three interceptions. The Browns' offense has put up a lot of points through 2021, but their defense on the other side has given up a lot and cost their teams, their team some victories at this point in time. And now with Baker going through this injury and seeing that he has not played great to start off the year, now the question becomes, where do the Browns go from here? You get Case Keenum out there tomorrow night against Denver. And what I wonder is, is this kind of a case study of sorts for the Cleveland Browns? Do you throw a journeyman in Case Keenum out there, and if he has moderate to good success, if it's not much of a difference from what they're getting from Baker Mayfield, does that mean that Baker's future in Cleveland will be in question? You look at the situation, his contract is going to be up very soon, and he's going to want a big payday. They had a chance to give him a new deal in the offseason, decided not to do so. So, Ryan, are we reading too much into this? Is this game on Thursday night a chance for the Browns to evaluate their quarterback situation and possibly move on from Baker Mayfield? Or do you think they're committed to Baker Mayfield going forward? You know, I, I would guess they're committed. I think they, they plan to have Baker be the quarterback, even if Case Keenum plays well. He's too big of a name, a former number one overall pick who's been good. But I'm concerned that if Case Keenum plays well, people will start to think, hey, maybe Baker's not that good. And even if he belongs to Cleveland, uh, for the rest of the year and going to next year, maybe he isn't in their long-term future if Case Keenum comes in and plays well. So I think short-term, yes. But I think people are starting to question if Baker Mayfield 
is the answer long-term for Cleveland. I'm not sure if I think he is. You know, here's what I look at for why Baker Mayfield is going to be just fine and that Cleveland should invest their future in Baker Mayfield. You just have to look at where they were before Baker Mayfield showed up. They were at rock bottom of the National Football League. Baker comes in. He ends that long losing streak. He gets them to the playoffs last year. They win a playoff game against a division rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road last year. Did it without his head coach. And these first four years in the league, Baker Mayfield's had, what, three or four different offensive coordinators. He's had to change systems a lot. The offensive line isn't protecting him too much. His receivers have been injured left and right. Heck, even with the best backfield in football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, those guys are even hurt. So layoff Baker, I think the Browns need to go all in on Baker Mayfield going forward. I don't think he will disappoint Cleveland. He has been the hero that brought this franchise back. He delivered them to the promised land. I expect Baker Mayfield to remain with the Cleveland Browns. Case Keenum, I think realistically this weekend with this game on Thursday night, Ryan, this is just more a chance for Case Keenum potentially to improve his stock. I would hope if the Browns are smart, they commit to Baker Mayfield long-term. I appreciate your optimism. I know you're a Baker guy. You're standing (laughs) behind him. That's good. You're loyal. And I think a lot of Browns fans are. Case Keenum's not going to replace him. We know that. But if Keenum plays decent, maybe close to as good as Baker did, next couple years. The draft class for quarterbacks this year is not great. But two, three years down the road, will the Browns maybe get a bug in the air saying this guy's not the real deal if, let's say, his backup comes in and plays nearly as good as him? We'll, we'll see over these next couple of weeks. But I think this is kind of a testing point to see if Cleveland is going to stick with Baker long term. Yeah, it'll be something to uh, say the least there. Denver and Cleveland coming up on Thursday Night Football. Let's go to number four on our list as we transition to the NBA. The NBA season has started this week, and wow, a lot of different directions to talk about when it comes to the NBA season. You're seeing in that picture on your screen right now, that's from the NBA Finals. What a series it was between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Not too long ago, that was back in July that we saw the end of the NBA season as things were pushed back due to COVID-19. But here we are for the first time in two years, a true 82-game regular season is upon us. And you look at the favorites, the Brooklyn Nets. Doesn't look like they're going to have Kyrie Irving anytime soon. The Philadelphia 76ers trying to figure out what they're going to do with Ben Simmons. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference, LeBron James and Anthony Davis trying to go after another title run, and they're bringing Russell Westbrook along the way. The Golden State Warriors, although they are years past the dynasty that they had prior, now you look at they're going to get Klay Thompson back here pretty soon. They have some young talent. Can the Warriors do something? A lot of intrigue, Ryan, heading into this 2021 through 2022 campaign. What gets your attention this NBA season? Well, if you like drama, you've got it with Kyrie Irving. A little bit of political uh, messaging mixed into that. Uh, we've got a number of players in the league that are suffering injuries. And you've got Ben Simmons, of course, his dramatic situation out in Philadelphia. So you definitely have storylines. To me, though, it is the old guard fighting off the new guard. I think last year we finally saw this crop of young talent led by Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee come in and get his first championship and say, OK, LeBron, OK, Chris Paul. Um, Okay, Steph Curry, your time has passed. 
is it? I think that's the main question we, we have going into this year. Are we going to see these young talent, the Luka Doncic's, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's, the Trey Young's come in and take away that mantle from the stars we've seen in the NBA for really fit the 15 past year, couple, uh, you know, decade and a half, 15 years? Will these young stars take that mantle away? They're starting to. It's going to happen eventually. Does it happen now or will it happen a couple years down the road? We're waiting to see if these uh, kind of the old heads can remain at the top of the NBA this season. You know, one of the things about the NBA over the years, Ryan, the end game has been pretty predictable when it comes to certain situations of, hey, you know that a guy is going to get traded and you usually have an idea of where he's going to go. Case in point, last year, James Harden, we all knew, was either going to be a sixer or he was going to be a net. It was not a matter of if they were going to trade him, but when into one of those two teams. Now, you'll look at guys that are on the trade block that have caused some controversy with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn threatening to retire if he's traded yeah. and still won't get vaccinated. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons, every single day, is hurting his, his trade value and trade stock, and it doesn't seem like that there is an obvious choice for a team that's interested in Ben Simmons either. I have no idea how these things are going to end, which is unlike the NBA when we usually have an idea of how things are going to go down. You're right, and that's a good point. It's a very predictable league. You know where the stars are going to probably end up. It's one of the L.A. teams or Miami, potentially somewhere down in Texas, usually those warm-weather cities. A different situation here with some of the player storylines, but the ultimate the, uh, reality around the NBA is oftentimes we know what's coming, and you're right. This year things are a little bit more unpredictable. There is storylines that don't have a clear conclusion yet, and it adds to the intrigue as we get into the season, one in which we have a variety of, of talent from different generations meshing at an interesting point. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's get to number three on our list. We'll transition to college football now. What a year it has been in college football in 2021 where every week matters and there's been upsets happening left and right every single week this season. Last week, it was number two, Iowa, that went down. The week before, number one, Alabama, went down. And now there's just one team that stands out among the rest of the pack, and that is the Georgia Bulldogs, who are number one in the AP and the coaches' poll. They had a big win last week against Kentucky. And when you look at the teams behind them, there's a significant gap. The Oklahoma Sooners have found their next quarterback in Caleb Williams, but with questions on their defense, are they really up to the same level of Georgia? Probably not. What about teams like Alabama, who, yes, they suffered a loss. Can they hang with Georgia? Doesn't look like on paper they have the talent that the Georgia Bulldogs do. Oklahoma State, an undefeated team, doesn't probably have the offense to hang with Georgia. You go up and down the line here, and everything points to that Georgia is on their own pedestal in college football right now. But even with that being said, with the upsets that we've seen, it feels like, okay, Georgia, yes, you look better than everybody else, but is your day going to come where you end up losing too? That remains to be seen. I think Georgia looks like a team that can go undefeated and win the SEC in 2021. Cincinnati is a solid football team. I think they can make the playoff. I think Oklahoma can. And I would look at Ohio State. Even though the loss they had against Oregon back on week two, this team is getting better every single week. I think Ohio State can win the Big Ten and still make the playoff. That's where I look at, Ryan. Georgia is a team that's in a league of their own, but once you get past Georgia, the 
cream rising to the top, there's a lot of options of where to go for those teams that compete with Georgia there. I think it's Georgia and then everyone else. What say you? I'm fascinated by Cincinnati, and I'm fascinated by the decision the committee is going to have to have at one point. If Georgia does lose to a good SEC team, and Cincinnati, they're not going to lose this year. They're undefeated. What happens next? Do the Bearcats become the number one team in college football despite not being in a Power 5 conference? That will be, to me, the most fascinating storyline to follow as this year progresses. The Cincinnati team that uh, was undefeated until their bowl game last year, undefeated again this year. Can they actually be the number one team in college football if Georgia loses, despite not being in a Power 5 program? That would be a bizarre twist to a year that's had so many ups and downs. I would be very fascinated to see what the committee does with Cincinnati if Georgia loses. And then you're right, there's these other teams. Can Ohio State get back into the mix? It looks like they are. Uh, can Alabama remain in the mix with that one loss? They have plenty of landmines left this, this year. A couple interesting uh, things to watch out for. I'm most fascinated by the Bearcats. Though. Well, and one thing that you're going to see in less than two weeks is the first college football playoff poll. Yeah. And the way that the committee does the poll, remember, it's not the definition of deserving, but the four best teams in the playoffs. So we're looking at these rankings now where Georgia's one, Cincinnati's two, Oklahoma's three, and Alabama's four, according to the pollsters, and they're looking at the criteria of deserving, the, the body of work. The committee could look at a team like Alabama and say, look, we know the talent's there. We know Alabama is one of the four best teams. We're going to move them higher, even though there might be some undefeated teams. Yeah in that mix so that's something to think about this georgia team you have a game against florida this week an arch rival florida went toe-to-toe -to -toe with alabama earlier in the year i think Georgia's going to be just fine i don't think georgia has an obstacle that can get in their way until they face alabama in the sec title game and if you get to that point if you're georgia here ryan if they're undefeated heading into the SEC title game, they're in the playoff, no matter what. That number one wrapped up, though, that's what I'm fascinated by. If they lose to Bama in the SEC championship, and you have, let's say, Cincinnati undefeated, Oklahoma undefeated, would Georgia potentially fall to number three, possibly? I think they would fall, okay. but okay. I think they still make the playoff. Sure, sure. I, I think Georgia, you yeah. win out, you are in no matter what, and yeah. if Alabama beats them in the SEC title game, then Georgia and Alabama both make the playoff. Yeah. And that's where it stinks for a team like Cincinnati, who's worked so hard as a group of five opponents, that did what they were supposed to do, scheduling Notre Dame, scheduling Indiana in their non-conference, and yet they still might be on the outside looking in when it's all said and done with potentially two SEC teams going to the playoff. Georgia's the team to beat. I don't think anybody can compete with them right now, but history tells us, based on the way this season's gone, that could change. Cincinnati's not known for being a city with a lot of protests, not a very big political city. If the Bearcats don't make the postseason and they're undefeated, there will be riots in that city. It will be a, uh, a mess. And Bearcats fans, I think this year, will let people know about it. Maybe not protesting, but you'll see some angry people on Twitter and message boards. You sure. might see some skyline chili Yeah, on that the might streets. be it. Sure, sure. <laughs> Shout out Cincinnati there. All right, number two on our countdown. Let's talk baseball now. And the ALCS, the NLCS going on right now. And when you look at this postseason... It was of the belief, okay, you got to watch for the Dodgers. You got to watch for the Giants, the Rays, the Astros. And at the time that we're taping this, the Astros and Red Sox are tied 2-2 in game five. 
You got the Braves leading the Dodgers 2-1 in that series. Man, uh, have things taken a turn of sorts. The Braves had the worst record of the teams that made the playoffs in the National League, Ryan, and the Braves might find themselves in the World Series. Yeah, their best players are playing well when they need to. Their pitching is lined up. Uh, Max Friend is one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he had the best ERA in the National League out of all starters over the back half of the season. He's pitched great in the, in the playoffs, and they've just gotten off to quick starts. You know, they, they've won the first couple games against the Dodgers. They were five outs from winning game three until Cody Bellinger uh, cracked that three-run homer. So they're right on the cusp of taking this series. Their bullpen, for the most part, outside of last night, has been lights out. And sometimes that's all that takes. You, know, you have a bullpen, the back three or four guys just pitch perfectly over a five- or six-day span, and you win a series, and then you move on. And that is what Atlanta is doing. They're getting some timely hits from some guys that are known for being clutch. There you go. That's a recipe for postseason success. It is Incredible, though, that they lost one of the best players in baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr., about two-thirds of the way through the season, and now they are on the cusp of making the World Series. I don't think anybody saw that coming, especially after that in injury, and Atlanta's really been kind of the shocking team of the postseason. Yeah, and you look at these four teams, I think the most pressure is on the L.A. Dodgers. You see sure. that they're down 2-1 going into tonight's game. This was the most talented team in baseball. They have the highest payroll of anybody out there. And I know that they're coming off a world championship, Ryan, but the Dodgers didn't spend all that money just to win one title. They spent all that money to build a dynasty. And anything short of a championship for the LA Dodgers is a failure. Yeah, they brought in a couple big name players at the trade deadline, including Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers probably of all time in baseball. It's a city right now that expects a championship. They spend all that money. I think the fan base wants to win a World Series. And if they don't, you're right. Uh, the pressure is all on them to repeat. I think Houston's feeling some pressure, too. I mean, they had the scandal with the cheating a couple years ago when winning the World Series. I think that roster wants to prove to people that they are deserving of a title. And they've been a little bit tight in their series against Boston, a, a franchise right now that doesn't really have much to prove. They've won, what, three World Series? They weren't even supposed to make exactly. the postseason. And they're playing very loose, and it's showing. I think right now the two franchises that really have the least amount of pro to prove, Atlanta, where they've snuck into the, the playoffs with the worst record, Boston, which I think a lot of people were surprised they were this good. They're playing loose, and they're playing with uh, that level of, hey, we're just trying our best. And when you do that, especially in baseball, sometimes it leads to good things. Well, and the fact that they brought back Alex Cora sure. after the scandal that initially got him fired, and now for Cora to come back and take this team all the way to the LCS, no matter what you think of Alex Cora, that's impressive for them to get to this point and the job that he's done there with the Boston Red Sox. It's the most impressive job, I think, of anybody in baseball at this point in uh, this 2021 campaign. Last one for you. Number one on our countdown, the NFL MVP race. Wow, this thing is just wide open. There's so many different options you could go to. We are getting close to halfway through the NFL season, and there's not a clear front runner. Now, here's why. It's not that there isn't a lack of options. In fact, quite the opposite. There's a lot of options of who you could consider for the MVP. Right there on your screen, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills having a career year. He was fantastic, even in the loss against the Titans on Monday. Lamar Jackson, 
is playing better than the year he even won the MVP just a couple of years ago and is really starting to develop as a passer. Dak Prescott's been incredible for the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady, I think we've talked about Tom Brady a few times before. Pass, let's move on. Yeah, Tom Brady is having a terrific year with Tampa Bay. And those are just to name a few. Then you look at the running back position, Derrick Henry. King Henry has been unstoppable running on defenses left and right. And you could even go defensively. Trayvon Diggs, the star cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, has tied the NFL record for most interceptions to begin an NFL season. Seven interceptions in six games. We don't talk about defensive players very often when it comes to the MVP, but at this rate, you can't have an MVP discussion without mentioning Diggs. Uh, Ryan, there's a lot of options for guys that could be considered for the league's most valuable player right now. Yeah, you got two Cowboys on there. I think a lot of fans would be happy to hear that American's team. Then probably a lot of people would hate on that, too, because of the Cowboys. But <laughs> I think they're both very deserving. Obviously, Diggs, with those seven picks... And coming into this past week, he had almost as many interceptions as A.J. Brown, the Titans' star receiver, had receptions. So that's an incredible statistic. Speaking of the Titans, though, I do like Derrick Henry as right now the player of the year. His team, which has not done well defensively, their offense has been subpar outside of him, is 4-2. They just beat uh, one of the best teams in football. I like Derrick Henry a lot as the MVP frontrunner right now, but you mentioned a lot of really good names. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, these new school type quarterbacks have been very good. And of course, the uh, ageless, one, I don't know what the word would be for him now, 44 <laughs> years old, somehow he keeps getting better, Tom Brady. Even Aaron Rodgers, yeah, the reigning MVP, we can't forget about him. The one name that we can't mention is Patrick Mahomes. His team has been losing more than they should. And he's made too many mistakes at this point. You take Patrick Mahomes out of the picture, pretty much everybody is a candidate for the MVP sure. at this point. Yeah. If I had to choose one guy right now, though, you lean towards Derrick Henry, I lean towards Lamar Jackson. Listen to these numbers from what Lamar Jackson has done this year. Nine touchdowns, five picks, close to 1,700 yards passing. He's been terrific running the football as well. And he's putting the entire team on his back. And I know that we don't like to play this game of trying to find the definition of MVP, but it says most valuable player. And of all those guys there, you can't make a better case for somebody that's put their team on their back with the injuries that the Ravens have dealt with, with not having any running backs, with the defense playing up and down than Lamar Jackson has. I think Lamar Jackson right now is uh, the best case for MVP at this point, but a race that's still wide open. Yeah, when we watch movies and we watch you know, film and TV shows and just go for entertainment, we like the characters that are brave and they fight through adversity and they rise above a challenge. We don't like guys or, or gals or characters that are just good and don't have any issues. That, to me, is the, the difference between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Murray has the whole team around him. He's a boring superhero right now that probably has the numbers of an MVP, but there's no adversity. There's no story. Lamar Jackson came into this year with doubters, with a team that was banged up, and he is the one that has come through more than anybody else. So I think when you think about the story around the player, I like Lamar Jackson as well. I think he's had, out of all the quarterbacks, listed the biggest MVP season. And one more NFL note. A player that could have been contender 
for MVP this year. Uh, that is Deshaun Watson, who we have not seen play in 2021. Now, he has not been suspended by the league. The Texans have benched him while he's being investigated for 22 different civil suits for sexual harassment. There was a report that came out today from John McClain of the Houston Chronicle that a deal could be done as early as this week to send him to the Miami Dolphins and that Tua Tungaviola, the second-year quarterback out of Alabama, could be involved in that trade or Tua could go elsewhere in another deal of some sorts. The Dolphins at 1-5 right now, this is a team that has a loaded roster. You add Deshaun Watson to the bunch. You know, if, if Deshaun gets past his legal issues, if he does that, yeah. then that's a no-brainer. But we don't know how this is going to go down. We haven't seen him play this year. This is a, a, a very risky move for the Dolphins. And to give up on Tua so fast, I mean, he hasn't even played a full season yet for that team. Yeah, reports indicate that they need to know Watson's going to play. He, he, they need to know that he's moved past his legal issues. It looks like, at least from what we can see now, there's no indication that it would be. Maybe they know something we don't. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, we're waiting to see what develops there. But I think the Dolphins would have to be 110% sure that Watson is fully past the legal issues. And I don't see how that's even possible at this point. We'll wait and see. Maybe we'll learn more in the coming day. Right. When the Texans haven't played him, exactly. then it seems bizarre where the interest is from the Dolphins' point of view, when you would think they would know less than the Texans do. But... Nonetheless, we could see that trade go down and potentially see Deshaun Watson suit up in a game this year. Maybe not for Houston, but potentially for Miami. Trade deadline coming up on November 9th. There you have it. That is a look at the top sports headlines of the week. Ryan, so much stuff we broke down here. Final thoughts before we wrap up. I'm just pumped for the NBA starting tonight. You know, NFL, we've had, what, six weeks. I think people are comfortable with their NFL flow at this point. Same with college football. Baseball, if you like those teams, you love baseball, that's great. Watch the MLB postseason. But it's NBA time now. Uh, opening night tonight with so many fun storylines. That's what I'll be sitting on my couch and watching it as NBA basketball. I'm just glad we didn't have to talk about John Gruden that too. or Urban Meyer. At that too. Point. Yeah, put them in the past. Let, let's move on <laughs> for now uh, to stuff that's more fun and more sporting. No doubt about it.